0: morning. As a, a way of introduction this morning, I'd like to go to the, the 19th chapter of the, of the book of Proverbs. And uh, <clears throat> this is a verse that, that for me, when I, when I found it, really dwelt on it, it gave me a, a, a lot of comfort. Because that's ultimately just like Brother Kevin uh, spoke about last Sunday. You know, one the many things that Christ does for his people is that he, he, gives, you, he gives us comfort that is part of the purpose of the gospel, is to give his people uh, comfort. And uh, you know, throughout, uh, during, even during this time in the Bible, throughout the history of the Bible, you, know, you see uh, many people who uh, believe that you know, they, can, they can stand or stop the, the hand of God, yeah. that they are able to, uh, to stop what, what he has purposed, what he has designed. Um, and we still see that true uh, today, even throughout history. After the, even after the time of the apostles, immediately there were, uh, there were people who thought that they could stop what, what God had, had begun, what God had purposed. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the 21st verse of the 19th proverb, it says, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand." Now when you think of a uh, when you think of devices, uh, you know, that, that, can all, that can mean uh, plans, intentions, imaginations, or thoughts. And, and there are many, uh, not just uh, the, the, uh, for everyone throughout history. For every man, woman, and child, you know, we have uh, different plans, intentions, uh, purposes mm-hmm. of what we want to do. Uh, for the wicked, that has always been the case. The wicked, there's always been different uh, plans and intentions of things that, that, go, against, that go against God. But nevertheless, despite all that, here Solomon says that the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Right. That's right. That, that despite you know, we may plan or purpose, you know, because that's what a what a counsel is. That, you know, it's, you think of a counsel that, that is to give advice or, or a group, <laughs> but that, that is also a plan or a purpose. So what what the Lord has a uh, plan or purpose, that that will stand. Amen. And, and I believe that, and I believe wholeheartedly that. The, that is a part of what that verse is saying. And in the one, of the one of the places I'll go to kind of establish my thoughts with that is in the 14th chapter of the book of Isaiah. In the 24th verse, now in this chapter he's talking about uh, Israel's triumph in the, in the fall of Babylon. And in the 24th verse it says, The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. It, isn't it uh, amazing? Even his own thoughts, whatever he is, he is even just thought in his head. That's going to come to be. That's, that's going to happen. In the 23rd chapter of Job, it says, But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. You know, God is not like, a, like you or I. You know, in, in movies, you, you often display when. Someone has a big decision to make. They have got an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, and that 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 kind of is how it is. Cause we're you know we're of two minds usually on, on different matters, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of a, a lot of thought. You know we have to really dwell upon things to uh, figure out you know what we're going to do, uh, what we're going to do, and what the outcome is going to be. But the Lord isn't like that. He is of uh, he's of one mind. He He knows exactly what He is going to do. And what this verse tells us, even what he thinks he's going to do, he's going to do it. I may think that I'm going uh, to you know, do something to the house one day. I may think that I, or have a thought in my head that I should, maybe I should do this or do that. Uh, but a lot of times you can ask, wife, well, well, I don't get to it. I, I, sometimes I just I don't do it. But uh, when the Lord thinks something or he plans something, it's going to come to pass. And uh, part of this, and in the 26th verse it says, this is the purpose of, that is purposed upon the whole earth and this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations for the Lord of hosts hath purposed and who shall disannul it and his hand is stretched out and who shall turn it back you know uh, we live in a we live in a in a a time today where um, it is greatly believed that you can turn back the hand of the Lord Mm -hmm. that you are able uh, to deny God uh, what is his and what he has purposed and uh well, here Isaiah is telling us that, you know, who shall do that? You know, that's a, that's a pretty bold claim to think that, you know, you are able to, to stop the Lord, that you are able to deny the Lord um, what he, simply what he has purposed to, to be his. Because it also, in the 46th chapter of Isaiah, it tells us in the, in the 10th verse, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, uh, you know, the the world greatly thinks that, you know, that the Lord is not going to achieve his purpose. You know, it is, if you, whenever I I look online, a lot of times I see where the world is very happy about talking about how churches are in decline, or how, uh, congregation numbers are dwindling you know they they truly believe that you know i've seen they put up you know graphs that in the next 10 years that you know the christianity is going to be done there's going to be nobody left but what the counts (coughs) nevertheless what the counts the counts of the lord shall stand Uh, you know where we think that we are dwindling here i greatly enjoyed listening to some of that interview that sister ginger put in messenger from that uh, brother over in kenya who's preaching and how, uh, how booming it is over there and how, you know, as we think we're dwindling, they, they're growing over there. Yep. You know, sometimes we can't see, uh, we can't see the Lord's purpose of what he's doing uh, throughout the world. But um, when the Lord said that his church will stand the test of times, he, he meant it, it, it shall stand. It will be somewhere. That's right. It will be somewhere. And uh, <laughs> a great comfort I also have is, you know, it says that, you know, according to his pleasure, that's what he does. In the first chapter of the, of the book of Ephesians, which is a you know some beautiful writing from Paul, and he says in the 11th verse, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Yeah. Not, not my will, not our will, not the world's will, mm-hmm. but he said of his own will. And uh, <laughs> that is a, another of, of great comfort to me to know that, you know, despite all of my plans and intentions, all of my thoughts and imaginations, all of the world's plans and intentions, and uh, things they may do, things they may say, that nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Amen. Thank you.
1: Good. Enjoy. <laughs> okay, there's, there's religious scholars. <laughs> have Been reading the Bible for decades and don't know what Brother Cole just told you concerning the counsels of God. And just because they don't know it doesn't mean it's not true. How much easier, how much happier they'd be if they knew it, and what greater confidence they would have in their God as to know that what God has set in the very purpose and decrees of God to do. Uh, in his eternal purpose and there is an eternal purpose of god paul talks about in the book of ephesians according to his eternal purpose now there is a timely purpose that his children are are under and that purpose doesn't change either <clears throat> but his eternal purpose god carries out himself works the whole matter by father son and spirit to his own praises and then the the purpose that that is timely he gives us commandments so we are able to uh, to worship God and somebody will worship God, Brother Cole, uh, in a in a congregational setting until the Lord comes back. His church there will be the truth being preached somewhere in the church. God said it would be. Glory be to God and the church throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You you can you, if you want to. Amen. That go ahead. Paul did. It's okay. Amen. It will be somewhere on this earth. Now if it's at Buffalo Church here, that's that's going to be up to us. Isn't it? Uh, we are the members here. If uh, Buffalo Church survives, it's going to be because Buffalo Church serves. And that is on us. That is our timely, uh, a, a timely uh, commandment of God that God gives us. I hope it's here. I, re- I do. I'm going to do my part. <laughs> I'm going to do my part until the Lord, until I go home from this earth. Uh, then it will be up to the to the younger folks after me. Um, that, that's a, a good segue into what's on my mind this morning, because, listen, God has always uh, encountered opposition. You say, how does, how does God encounter opposition? He's God. Well, <laughs> in a lot of ways, God counters, uh, encounters opposition. Uh, from the very uh, dawn of time, now, now in, in there's a scripture in uh, 15th chapter of Acts that says, Known unto God are all his works from the, uh, from the, from the uh, uh, foundation of the world. Known unto God are all his works. Now it doesn't mean known unto us are all his works. There is a, but, but what he gives us, he gives us plenty. There, listen, there's enough in this Bible right here to last you 10 lifetimes if you're willing to study and to, and to know things about your God. There, there's plenty here to learn. Uh, but the fact that, that what Brother Cole said that God's counsels are gonna stand uh, even though there's opposition to that council, uh, there's opposition to God Himself uh, concerning His church kingdom. Uh, hey, we knew a man that Christ met on the road to Damascus and, and said, Why persecutest thou me, Saul? Now, what, what, you know, you're persecuting me by persecuting the church. Whenever, whatever you do to the church, you're doing to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's what the Lord said. Why persecutest thou me? Now, Christ was in heaven. But his people are still on this earth, and his church kingdom is here also. Now, let's go to the third chapter. Now, when uh, this is like the third chapter of Genesis. This is, this is the fall of man. The result of it, and then they, the first prophecy that we have concerning the counsel of God. This is this is the first prophecy. There's a difference in prophecies and, and types and shadows. Okay? So when, when there's a prophecy in the Bible uh, pertaining to Jesus Christ, that prophecy was fulfilled during the time of Christ's life on this earth. There's a uh, or or his until his ascension back. Let's give the extra 40 days while he was on the earth. Now could, if, if, try to imagine, so because this this listen, this right here takes us from the fall of the first Adam to the rise of the second. This this scripture takes us from the fall of the first Adam to the rise of the second. And what we find in this scripture right here, you're going there's gonna be opposition to. Uh, there's there, there's a decree in this that, that cannot be overthrown but you're, you're going to find how God works to bring this because God is always one step ahead of Satan and, and wicked men and women isn't he not? He's always one step ahead you're not going to catch up with him you're not going to stop him in his tracks he's always a step ahead because what, what God has purposed and decreed even though if you, if you read the Bible and, 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 and you understand Uh, God could have, if God desired to, as soon as the fall of the first Adam came, could not have God sent the second Adam into this world. He could have. That would have been... But but God didn't, did He? So there's a 4,000 year span of time before the fall of the first and the rise of the second. But that's an important span of time. Then the rise of the second we're going to see the fulfillment of, of this one because, listen, we've got to get from point A to point B. You've got to get there. And, and, and it's almost like immediately after the fall of man and sin entered into the world and men, uh, and, and, and God promised the, the posterity of Adam that, that all who are in Adam, their represented head, that's you and me and everybody that's ever been born on this earth with the exception of Christ, but I'll show you he did come from Adam. <clears throat> At least part of it did. Uh, Every one of us, Paul says in in Romans chapter 5, by one man's offense, that's Adam, judgment came upon all men, that's everybody Adam represented, unto what? Condemnation. With with the fall of the first, there's condemnation. There's separation from God. You can't avoid it. I can't avoid it. You're a sinner. You're an enemy to God by nature. Uh, You have... uh, you have no uh, holy feelings and thoughts. Not in that condition. You don't. Let, don't, don't let anybody deceive you otherwise to say there's a little good in man. And man's got to follow that little light that's burning so, so barely any little flickering light that's gone. And he can, he can, he can, uh, uh, you know, uh, give it this oxygen with his own works and his own on, on prayers and everything. And if he, if he flames it up enough and it burns bright enough at the end, that uh, God will take him into heaven. Listen. That is not the basket that God puts the eggs of salvation in. He puts it in the basket of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's it. And that's it. And this, this is going to show. This, this gives you confidence in your God. This will give you confidence in God. All right, so, so this, is the, this is the curse, all right? The curse that's put on the serpent. The serpent. God says in the, in, the third, uh, in the third chapter, 15th verse... Well, let's read the 14. And the Lord God said unto the servant, Because thou hast done this, you've deceived the woman she gave to the man, though the man had the commandment, and it's the man's fault. <clears throat> because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Have you ever seen a snake walk? Apparently, they used to. So, so the serpents are representative of Satan. They're very clever. Now listen, not a, I don't see a rattlesnake being that way because a serpent that's represented to Satan does not give warning. You know, a rattlesnake gives a little warning that, hey, I'm right here, be careful, don't stay up, go around, please don't shoot. Most people shoot. Uh, <clears throat> but now Satan as a serpent is conniving, slick, Tricky, deceiving, he doesn't give you warning. But have you ever understood or or, or tried to try to imagine as to why of all the creatures that are that crawl on this earth that that's really that pertains to nearly every continent and every country in that continent is a poisonous snake or snake in general. And a and a and a fear of a snake is stems from from this right here. And, and there, there's a reason why. Now, if the little thing was cute, was crawling on all legs and didn't bite you, it'd be different, wouldn't it? But now, listen, it's a viper. It strikes. It strikes. And so, you know, John the Baptist would call a whole people of the Jews you generation of what? Vipers. Showing how how close they were to the serpent. How, even though they were religious-minded. But how close they were to the serpent being quite deceitful in their ways, right? <clears throat> now, and I will put in... This is my verse. This is the first prophecy in the Bible concerning Jesus Christ. I will put enmity, that is an act of hatred, between thee and the woman. I will, uh, And between thy seed and her seed, it, that is her seed, shall bruise thy head... Thou shalt bruise his heel. This is point B, y'all. This is, this is where we got to get to. And this is where God stays one step ahead of Satan. Because, listen, if you don't think the devil does not understand that he's talking about him, you're wrong. <laughs> the devil understands right here. Satan understands right here that somebody's coming in the future, that is my enemy. And, and God has just said He's going to bruise my head. Now, if you're Satan, what are you going to do? Well, you've got to stop this, don't you? You better stop it. You better try what you can. You better do what you can. Now, as as and we're going to find that, listen, especially after, I say especially after. The, the uh, incarnation or the 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 and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost like Satan stepped it up in high gear, didn't he? It? It's like, oh, my time's short. <laughs> and, and if I'm going to get this done, I better get it done now. But listen, there's a lot that led up to them. There's a lot <coughs> that led up to them. So, what we find here, first of all, we find that there is a particular man. And Paul said in the book of Galatians, and not to seeds many, but to thy seed, which is Christ. So there's your good spoiler alert. Here is Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman. But notice it is the seed of a woman and not a man. Not a man. Despite the, the, the obvious brilliance of our scientists and politicians and people who say that a man can bear a child, even though I've got on my phone an emoji with a pregnant man on it. I mean, I got one. Uh, Even even, uh, despite their obvious brilliance in this, a man cannot conceive. A woman can't. A woman can conceive a child. A woman does not have, though, the seed. The man has the seed. It is the man that determines the sex. Of the baby. Now, the feminists may throw a fit about that and say, God's not fair. How come we couldn't determine our own sex? Our body, I should determine. It's just the way God made it. Sorry. It's just the way it is. The, uh, the, the, the woman cannot impregnate a woman, a man cannot impregnate a man. It takes a man to impregnate a woman, doesn't it? That's, that's just the way it is. That's that's God's design. That that, that is God's design. So so having a woman to be expecting a child without a man is something that's absolutely, completely out of normalcy. And yet that's what God's promising right here. There won't be a man involved in this, God said. He he didn't say a man's seed. He said not not, not a man's seed, but a woman's seed. There cannot be a man involved. It's impossible, because because this child is a special child. You know, there's really only uh, four ways that people's ever come into this world. Adam, made by dust. Eve, made from Adam. The rest of us, made from mom and dad. There's not anybody else that's ever been made by mom and mom or dad and dad. Never has, never will. And then this way. And there was only one of these. Only one. Now for us to get from, to point A, from the, from the fall of the first Adam to the rise of the second. Because in the rise of the second, this seed of the woman is going to bruise the, the serpent's head. The seed of the woman is going to bring about a victory. Now, he, uh, he's not going to look like much, that's for sure. And, uh, and, and certainly, not everybody is going to um, receive him and give him the glory that is due his name. They're not going to do it. And that, you know, listen, that's still the way it is today. Folks don't give God the glory that's due his name. Even, even, even knowing this. Even knowing this, uh, and Brother Cole's right, and you know, they, they're telling us in, in 20 years that the Christian religion uh, will be a minority religion in this country. You know, it's, it's the majority one over in Africa. Brother, Brother Cole talked about that. Those folks, those, and I get this from eyewitnesses reports. Those folks walk for miles without a, without a vehicle. They walk for miles. To get to the house of God. In lines. And they sing with joy. And they worship God with a true and pure heart. For what they know about their salvation. Every child of God ought to do it the same way. Every child of God. Not not, not that we have to walk. But with the same enthusiasm. That's one reason the Christian uh, religion in this world has gone down. We've, we've let it go down. Uh, it's not that politicians can tell us not to be Christians. It's just we volunteer ourselves, and that's that's not real good. <clears throat> All right, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and and, and uh, thou shalt bruise his heel. There's your first indication. It's a boy. It's going to be a boy. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the book of uh, Luke in the first chapter. You know, this might sound like a Christmas sermon. It's really not a Christmas sermon. Though, uh, though we're going to talk about the, the birth of Jesus Christ, or at least the conception of Jesus Christ. Because that's important. And, that's, and it's important for us to understand as to as you know when as if God gave us this, it's like here's the fall of man in Genesis, right? And sin, and, and corruption, and condemnation, judgment passed on all men. And then it's like a little bright light that God gives, but he gives it to Satan. He tell, he's telling Satan something, but it's our bright light. Satan, though, doesn't think so. It's not so bright to him. It is to me. It is to me. Now, if you, if you are Satan, and, and if you got any... Any way of discernment, and, and listen, we know Satan reads the scriptures. We know he, under, we know he does know the scriptures. That's obvious from, uh, from uh, Luke chapter 4 when, when Satan quoted in the book of Psalms concerning Jesus Christ when he said, Cast thyself down, for it is written of thee that God shall give the angels charge over thee to watch over thee, lest thou at any time... Even dash your little foot against a stone. I mean, that's how much care God has for His son. Unless any time thou dash thy foot against a stone, notice the foot. <laughs> Satan mentions the foot again, didn't he? He knows it's gonna bruise his head someday. If he if he gets if he gets the son of God, I'm getting ahead. I'm getting I'm, I'm getting ahead of the game. If he gets the son of God to do what he says, then he knows that that really is not the son of God. It's not this man. This is not the seed. Because if Satan can overcome the seed, then, then we are in trouble. Then this scripture right here in, in, in uh, Genesis 13 or Genesis 3 doesn't mean anything. But let me tell you, God's always one step ahead right, him. All right, let's go. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to the time when the angel of God came to a virgin woman who was the spouse to a man named Joseph. Now, he, he goes to Mary first. He goes to Mary first. Because when he goes to Joseph, he already, he already tells Joseph that which is conceived in her. Here he's telling her, this is, you're going to be conceived. All right, so this is, <clears throat> this is the time that the, uh, in the uh, 27th verse of the first chapter, or, or in, the, in the 26th, and in the 6th month, this was the 6th month of Elizabeth expecting John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel, now you have to think this, this angel is pretty special. He gets to deliver the good news a lot of times in the scriptures, in and, and Daniel, and, and, and Matthew, and, and, and also in Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. To a virgin. Espoused a to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. You're a highly favored woman. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. You are the woman that God was talking about in Genesis chapter three. Four thousand years later, guys. To, it was four thousand years that passed that we see other prophecies, other prophecies, other prophecies. We see types and shadows, types and shadows, types and shadows. And now all of a sudden, the it, it, the time is at hand. The, The the due time is here. Angel of God goes to Mary. Can you imagine what she thought? Now listen, when the angel spoke to Joseph, every time the angel spoke to Mary's uh, espoused husband, he spoke to him in a dream. Every time. But when he went to Mary, he was face to face with this girl. I mean face to face as if I want to put my eyes on you and I want you to behold me because what I'm going to tell you is going to be the fulfillment of the first prophecy. That God gave in His scriptures the, the light <laughs> that people can see of the second Adam, the rise of the second Adam. <clears throat> and when she saw him, that means she put her eyes on him, she was troubled at his sight, And she cast in her mind what manner of salutation. This greeting is something else. What does it mean? How, you know, what do you what do you do? Well, you know, first of all. You know, when, when, when the Messiah was promised, when the Messiah was promised, and here it was, if you are a, if you are a Jewish woman, there could not be been anything any greater for you than you be the mother of the Messiah. Now, until, until the seventh chapter of Isaiah, which is about 700 years before this, they, had, they didn't know. And, unless you're a good student, unless, you know, unless they went and read and they thought, you know what? If it's a seed of a woman, there can't be a man involved. And I'm married. It can't be me. But especially after the prophet Isaiah says, behold, a virgin shall conceive. A virgin shall conceive, and bring forth a child. His name should be called Emmanuel, which being, by interpretation, is God with us. Not half God. He was not half God. There's no 50% with Jesus Christ. Now, once Isaiah prophesied that, that, and that book was put into circulation, Every Jewish woman, if you're married and you've been with a man, you just say, that's it. I, it's not me. <laughs> I gotta look, we got to look for somebody else. That's not me. This woman right here, fit the, she, she fit through the description. She really was a virgin. She knew not a man. In fact, that's what she says as to how can this be. What manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, uh, for thou hast found favor with God. That's your favor. In fact, you're highly favored. And of all women that's ever been named on this earth, there will not be another woman to surpass you. Behold, thou shalt conceive. And happen yet, it's just about to. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb without the seed of a man and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David, his father. Now, that is important. And we're, going, we're going to, we're going to trace that, chase that rabbit just a little bit. Notice the angel says, shall, 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 shall. He shall reign over the house of Jacob. Now, the Lord's portion is his people. And Jacob is the lot or the representation of that inheritance. Jacob was what? A chosen man of God, wasn't it? We find Jacob and Esau in the book of Romans, you know, about election. The children hadn't been born, neither done any good or, uh, or evil that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand. The sons of the elders shall serve the younger. So, so, so choice was made for Jacob before he was born, absolutely. So, so the house that Christ reigns over is His chosen house, His his people. These are the children of of God that Christ will reign over. He shall reign over them. And of His kingdom, there shall be no end. Now, Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, there there are folks who would tell you today, there, there are plenty of scoffers. And and, and always have been. But there's a lot of scoffers today. There's a a lot of doctors and scientists who say this is impossible. Well, you know what? It is with men, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. We're not dealing with men, are we? We're dealing with God that stays one step ahead of men. (laughs) We're dealing with God that stays one step ahead of Satan. (laughs) We're looking to a God who, who, who does not need... Uh, to explain himself as to why he did this, but it's imperative that he did. All right. Mary said, How shall this be, sin I know not of man? I have never been with a man. It's impossible to conceive. Well, the angel didn't leave her in limbo. He says, this is how it's going to be. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee The power of the highest shall overshadow one of your eggs. In other words, one of the eggs, a particular egg in Mary. The Spirit of God enveloped, overshadowed to where she then conceived. At that instant of time, Jesus Christ was in Mary. That's the seed of the woman. Not a man involved whatsoever. All right? <clears throat> therefore, the holy thing, uh, that uh, therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee. Not only is he going to be conceived, but I'm going to see that he's born. Now, and after he's born, there, there's going to be some attacks on him, isn't there? Remember, Satan's still trying. You've you, you got to understand, the old, the, old, the old serpent is still, well, when he's in this world, I'll, I'll know it by a virgin conceiving and bearing a son. That's what God told me years ago. And here, not only is he going to conceive, but he's going to be born, and he'll be born of thee, and, you should call, and he shall be called the Son of God. Now, now, and then, then he goes right on to, to Joseph, right? I mean, he, he leaves. Now, 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 that, now that Mary's expecting a child, and, and uh, it's been told her espoused husband that, listen, your fiancé, your, fiance, your spouse, spouse wife is expecting. And so being a just man, he's thinking about things and how to put her away privately without making a spectacle because he loves her. He loves her. But there's got to be questions. In other words, can you imagine Satan tempting Joseph here? You know, expose her. Just expose her. Look what she did to you. Look what she did to you. Expose her. And as he's thinking on these things, this same angel came to Joseph and tells Joseph this. Joseph, fear not. Fear not to take unto thee, Mary, thy wife. Because she has conceived that that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She knows how. I told her. She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now we get a view of the Messiah's purpose. Of the Messiah's purpose. Now, I want to... <coughs> Before we kind of travel on through the the, the, the life of Christ, I want to stop right there. And let's go to uh, let's go to the to the fourth chapter of Luke. Now, remember, remember Mary, uh, the angel told Mary that, that Christ would be given the throne of his father David. He's gonna he's going have a throne. Did anybody see one? Other than uh, the, the, did anybody ever see one? As you read the scriptures, did, did Christ ever sit on a natural throne? No, I never saw one. If, you're, if you if you read the gospels, you won't see one either. <clears throat> if uh, if somebody told you that that your child would sit on the greatest throne on this earth, or the, or or or, or was sit on the throne of David, which was king of Israel, right? David was king of Israel. You're probably going to expect that my son is going to be like David. He's going to be king. They're going to raise him up and exalt him king over Israel. He's going to rule this nation like David did. And there was 40 years of peace under David's rule. and all the enemies were subdued, it was a good time to be an Israelite in the 80-year the span of David and Solomon. Not so much after that. But, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. So, and to, to, to go and look a little deeper, let's, let's go first to, the, to the, another prophecy in the book of, uh, before we go back to the chap, uh, fourth chapter, let's go to Genesis chapter 49. This is when, before Jacob's death, Jacob is giving a, talking to each one of his children, individual, the 12 boys, you know. And he's with Judah now. Right? He says, Judah is a lion's whip. This is 49 and 9. Judah is a lion's whip from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched like a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up. (coughs) Now listen to this. The scepter, the scepter is what a king would hold, right? That was the authority of a king to have in his hand a scepter. Um, And when the and just like in the book of of, uh, of Esther, when when Esther come in before the king and she knew that if he did not raise the scepter and, and touch her, that she would die. So, so, the, uh, so when she came in and, and, and the king, her husband, touched, uh, raised the scepter and said, what do you want? I'll, I'll give you whatever you're asking for. So the scepter is important. The scepter shows that there is a king involved. Not just anybody, but there is a king involved. Then they go ahead and tell you this that that is described in the book of Hebrews that came from Psalms. Paul quoted it Thy scepter, O God, is a scepter of righteousness. You you won't see Christ holding his. (laughs) Christ is his. You get it? You won't see Christ holding his scepter. Christ is his scepter. He is the righteousness. That's a big difference. And if anybody ever approaches that king, it's going to be because of that righteous scepter that he had that was imputed unto you. And that is without your works, by the way. Blessed is man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works, saying his sins and iniquities are forgiven and they will be remembered no more or they're covered. So, the, the prophecy is the scepter shall not depart from Judah, all right, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Shiloh means Messiah. That's, that's what the word translated means. It means Messiah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall, notice, notice the language. Unto this Shiloh, unto the Messiah, shall the gathering of the people be. Sound like you're going to gather some people, don't sound it? Like, sound like this uh, this <coughs> this king, because now the the prophecy is this from the tribe of Judah, God's gonna set up a king. Do you remember the first king that came from that tribe? King David. Saul was not of the tribe of Judah. Saul was a Benjamin. He was from Benjamin. So when the prophecy came here, long before the time of Saul and David, God says, My true king is going to be from Judah. David was the first one. And there was never a, 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 a process of time that one of David's sons, grandsons, all the way down through the line, did not sit on that throne. God made good on his promise until Shiloh come. That is, he's the last. He is the king. There be that. He, he's going to be the, he's the ultimate. That's why, that's why he's called the king of kings. You say, well, why, why did this secession not go on? Because it ends here. It ends till Shiloh come. It ends till the Messiah is on this earth. It ends till the King of Kings is walking upon this earth. It ends till Pontius Pilate looks over and says, "Behold your King." It ends until the prophecy comes through uh, concerning uh, Zion, Rejoice, ye daughters of Zion! Behold your King coming, riding on the ass on the colt the foal of an ass. There's your King. Not exactly what we look for, is he? You're an Israelite, not not what I was expecting, but here he is. All right, so so uh, until the days of Shiloh come, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now, there was a a prophecy that went from a man named Caiaphas, who was the high priest, who was one of the ones who wanted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to add this in just, just because it fits here. Concerning, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now, the gathering of the people is not that when they make a conscious decision that they're going to go to the king. The gathering of the people is the king is going to gather the people too. So, and Christ tells us how, doesn't he? You You know Christ tells us exactly how that happens? He says, no man can come unto me. No man can come unto me. That shows a lack of ability. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him or gather him. Gather him. Now, after Christ had raised Lazarus from the dead, that was a turning point in which the, the, the rulers of Israel thought, if this man continues on like this, folks, our nation and our place is going to be taken over by the Romans. That's exactly what they said. If, if he continues to live, and so many people follow him, the Romans are going to take over our place and our nation. And Caiaphas, almost like he, he comes in and says, Listen, listen, y'all, calm down. Know ye not, it is expedient that this man die. Sounds like he's preaching the truth. Well, he's speaking the truth. But his version of it of what he's saying is not not what he's really meaning, though he's saying the truth. Does that make sense? That's, that's, That's what John says after that. It is expedient that this man die, that the nation, that the whole nation die not. This he said, says John, not of himself, but being the high priest that year, it was... The Holy Ghost that prophesied through him that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ would save that people, the nation of Israel, his children there, and that he shall gather together. Remember, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. He shall gather together in one the children of God scattered throughout. No matter where they are. No matter what region they're in. No matter if they're rich or poor. The angel said he'll, he'll save his people from their sins. Caiaphas has just given a stamp of approval, though he don't know. <laughs> the gathering is going to be to Shiloh. All right. The gathering is going to be to Shiloh. Because the king of kings is going to have his people, right? He's going to have his people. Now, let's go to the fourth chapter of Luke. And let's look at that. Uh, oh, goodness. 4th chapter of Luke. Now, in the 4th chapter of Luke, we have a lineage that begins with Jesus Christ. 4th chapter of Luke, chapter 22. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove, right after his baptism. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus began to be about 30 years of age being in parentheses, as was supposed. As was supposed the son of Joseph. But it was just a supposition. And it would would baffle the people when he would do a miracle. Remember what they would say? That's that's one of the things that they would say. How can this be? Is this not what? Joseph's son and Mary, whom we know. He was as supposed the son of Joseph. Some folks didn't get it, did it? Some folks didn't realize that Mary was a virgin when she had her first child. And Mary, listen, Mary, Mary remained a virgin after she gave birth to her first child. Y'all understand that? Mary was still a... Joseph married a virgin. Mo, uh, Joseph was the first man to go into this woman. He was a virgin. from for the first time that, that he went into Mary as a husband and wife and come together in a lawful way, Joseph went into a virgin. Even though she didn't have a baby. She had no pollution from any man whatsoever. None. Mo, uh, Joseph got his virgin, did he? He, he? he got to marry a virgin, exactly who he thought he was going to get, that's who he got, only he got something a little special, didn't he? He got, the, he got the, the mother of his Savior. He got the mother of his Savior. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine Joseph? I mean, listen, he's he was a man. All right, let's, let's just go ahead and say he was a carnal man. Because he, he took her to be his wife. After the angel told him that, he took her to be his wife, but the Bible says, but he knew her not. That means he didn't know her name. It means he did not go into her in a marital bed way until she gave birth to Jesus Christ. But now, if you're a newlywed, and you're a natural man. Do you think Satan won't come to you and say, that's your wife. It's lawful for you to do this. She's your wife. There's nothing wrong. She's your wife. How many times would Satan tempt Joseph? But what did Joseph have to go on? Huh? Joseph had the authority of God. I can't. And I'm not. And he did. He did. That would confuse the matter with it? That would confuse the matter. Listen, God's always one step ahead. Always one step ahead of Satan. Always one step ahead of man. Joseph never went and knew his wife, so Jesus was only as supposed to be the son of Joseph. And then the lineage starts with Christ. All right? Suppose the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Now, trace this lineage. Have you got your Bible? Trace that lineage all the way through. See who it ends with. It ends with God, doesn't it? Well, who's below God? Adam. Now, Heli was not Joseph's biological father. Heli was Mary's biological father. This is Joseph's father-in-law, which is not uncommon to be called the son of your father-in-law. Notice the lineage through Mary carries the second Adam back to the first. He was truly, truly, 100% a natural man, 100%. You got his lineage right here, got his lineage. You know, if, if God can open up to you, your lineage right now, you know where it would take you? It would take you right back to Adam. God would say to, to, to Lofton, Kenneth and Caleb, Irene and Carl. Uh, Bertha and Austin, are you Austin? God can carry it all the way back and eventually get me to Adam. Christ is attached to Adam. Which shows that he was true. It had to be a man. He had to be a man, y'all. <laughs> because the man had to die for men. It was a man that had to die for men. The man, Christ Jesus, had to die for men. So so in the lineage of Mary, he came from Adam. Came from Adam. Now, in the lineage of Joseph, which is in the first chapter, and this this doesn't start with Christ, but it goes the other direction. First chapter of Matthew, remember, he said, the throne. So he told Mary the throne of his father David. The throne of his father. There is a kingly throne that that Christ is going to, to sit upon. But guess what? It did not come from Mary. If you trace Mary's lineage, Mary and Joseph's lineage both will trace them both back to one man where they meet. And that's, that's David. All right? After David, Mary's lineage comes through Nathan. Mary's lineage comes through Nathan, the son of David and Bathsheba. Joseph's lineage comes through Solomon, the king. Solomon was the king. Nathan was not the king. Mary, uh, the angel told Mary he's going to uh, uh, sit on the king, the, the throne of, of his father David. There has to be a kingly lineage now to attach him to, uh, uh, to, to this scripture, but it didn't go through Mary. You know, if Mary understood her genealogy, she'd think, wait, that, that's not my family. That's not my family. I know, I know how, how far we go back, and I know, I know we, we came from Nathan. We didn't come from Solomon. Solomon was God's king. Nathan was not. So I don't, I'm not understanding this. That's not my family. Well, you've got to get the other lineage to understand what that means. You got to go to Matthew to see the lineage of Joseph. You said, well, Joseph is not his father. He is not his father. No, he's not. Joseph does not have to be the father of Jesus Christ before Christ fits this lineage. Because this lineage right here is a, again, his kingship is not of this earth. His kingdom's not of this world. His key came from God. This is where God himself, God himself has displayed to us, first of all, by going to Abraham. That's where it starts, with Abraham. Abraham is the first man that God ever told the lineage of Jesus Christ do all know that? Abraham. God told Abraham, Blessed art thou, for out of thy loins and from thy seed, from thy seed shall all the nations of this earth be blessed." <coughs> you see, Christ was a covenant promise. And that covenant promise was not made with Abraham, but it was confirmed to him 490 years before the law, Paul says over in the book of Galatians. That's important. It was confirmed to Abraham. First time we know. First time we understand, oh, the Messiah is going to come from Abraham. Well, did Mary come from Abraham? Yes, she did. Her lineage goes right through. From David, from, from David backwards, she and her husband had the same lineage. From David forward, they had different lineages. From there backwards, she goes to Adam. God stops, uh, God stops Joseph at Abraham. The covenant promise given to him. Abraham, uh, there was no kinship from Solomon all the way there to Christ. They had no blood kin to Jesus Christ. He had no father on this earth. It was his heavenly father that promised this to Abraham that this seed will not come from a man, but he's going to be a king, and he's going to bear a king, a kingdom So so when when the angel told Mary that, it was was an expression that this is not your side. He's getting his his natural man from your side. From Joseph, who had nothing to do with this. He's the son of God. And he's king of kings and lord of lords and always has been and always will be. So, now Mary knows my son's king. He's the king. He is king of kings. Now she can express my soul doth rejoice. My spirit doth magnify God my Savior. Once she's got a child on her way. Once she's got a child on her way. Listen, all this is coming, coming to light to this woman now. She, she is the woman with the seed. Now, again, when, when, when Satan, who understood all this, I mean, this was given to him. Remember, this was given to him. The idea, it, it, and, uh, oh, all right. I see it. I see the clock, the dreaded clock. The, uh, and just just a few things. At the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, when the, when the angelic host came out and they sang the praises of the king, this is our king too, y'all. This is our creator. He didn't redeem them. He did not redeem an angel, but it is their king. He is their creator. They owe him praise, don't they? they gave him praise as a little infant king. And then, in, in about, a, about a couple of years, this was this going to throw a kink into the song, O Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. All right, where it comes to the, to the place where Jesus lay. No, no, no. No, they, they did not. This was nearly, he was nearly a two-year-old. When they came to him, he was a little child. Or a young child. <clears throat> Though we don't have to quit singing a song. So, when the wise man came to Christ, and, and the mother of Christ, they found him in a house, inside the house, he was, he was there with her. And say so he was laying down in a manger anymore. He's, he was there with his mom. And as, as King Herod had told the wise man, you go find out. You go find out where this boy is. I heard King's been born. Or the king's been born. Don't you know Satan is encouraging Herod right now? He's going to take your place. He's going to take your place. You better do away with him. And guess what? Herod, that's what he designs to do. So when he saw he was mocked by the wise men because God told them in a dream, don't go back to Herod, you go back some other way. He saw that he was mocked, he was full of anger and wrath, and he commanded to be killed every child from two-year-old of about the time when Christ was born, two years ago, a two-year-old and under, just in case I didn't get it, in case I was off a little bit, you go and you, you, you and y'all killed every two-year-old child. And can you imagine somebody coming and killing your child because they thought it might be Christ? Th- listen, there's a lot of sacrifice going on behind the scenes that we don't, we might not understand. You say, why does that happen? Why did God let that happen? That, you know, that's always a question. Why does God let that happen? Why does God let that happen? It sounds to be like Satan's the one to tempt to, don't it? It's not always God's fault. <clears throat> and by the way, going back to David right quick, did y'all get that, that Bathsheba was the mother of Nathan and Solomon? Bathsheba was the mother of Nathan and Solomon. Both lineages came from Bathsheba. She wasn't even supposed to be David's wife, was she? Wasn't supposed to be. Now think about this. Think about Uriah, her husband. Because, listen, these men, these men, this lineage is is a set lineage known unto God or all his works. I think David did, he got, David, when David saw Bathsheba, slept with Bathsheba, lay with her, conceived in her a child, and then tried to hide it, he simply did what God would have to allow to happen pretty quickly. And that's take the life of your wife. David and Bathsheba is going to come together somewhere. David just hurried the matter up in a wrong way and paid for it. You say, what does that mean? That, that's, that's, what I, that's what the scriptures call promise. So let's look at it this way. Let's look at David was being out on the, on the, on the battle as he was supposed to be. All right, let's put, a, let's put a, uh, a scenario. David was out on the battle as he was supposed to be. And uh, and was fighting. And there Uriah was fighting alongside him. This man was a brave man and a loyal man to his king, wasn't he? We can go back and study that a little bit. Let's say that... Uh, <laughs> That God removed the protection from Uriah, and there he died on the battlefield alongside of David. got to carry him back, present him to his wife, a a hero. He fought for our nation. He fought diligently and hard. And that, you say, well, that, that still takes Uriah's life. Yes, it does. But remember, we're talking about the birth of the Son of God. Sacrifice has to be made somewhere. Uriah would have been given up as a sacrifice. But can you imagine anybody arguing the fact that my life, because, listen, my life and your life is not as important as his life. Y'all understand? The life of Uriah, if God would allow it to be taken in a natural course, in a natural way, and you say it's not fair. Listen, <laughs> the other life we're talking about, is it, it has to come to pass. The, the, the virgin woman, this woman Mary, and this man Joseph, their lineage has come back to this man right here, David, who had a wife named Bathsheba and two children named Solomon and Nathan. Uriah is not in the picture, is he? But, but, but if God explains to you as to why, you're gonna say, let it happen. My savior needs to be born on this earth. Take my life, however you wanna take it. Take it on from here. You know, you carry me on to heaven. Uh, whatever it takes to get the Son of God on this earth, and that, that would have been what it took. So, so sacrifice has to be made. You see that all through this. There's a lot of things that go on that we never get to look at, but we can come to a right conclusion. Even though Satan is ever behind, trying to kill David, remember? King Saul tried to kill David. If he kills David, there goes the, there goes the Messiah. Yet every time God would cause a sleep to come upon Saul and it's close to David and David have the opportunity to kill Saul, wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Listen, God, God is always a step ahead. Always a step ahead. And in the, in the case of Herod, he was a step ahead. He told Joseph, you take your wife and the child Jesus and you get down to Egypt. That's, listen, that's where they were first brought out. Wasn't it? You get down to Egypt. And you wait there until Herod, Herod is dead. And now that was a fulfillment of a prophecy that my child shall be called out of Egypt. Hosea, I think is 1 and 11. My child, my son, shall be called out of Egypt. And yet, you think Herod knew that? You think Herod knew he was a part of a prophecy? Of course not. And all those children that were slaughtered as a part of a prophecy. Behold, uh, lamentation, wailing. Rachel not being comforted because her children are taken. All these Israelite women losing their women because of Christ. Because of Jesus Christ. And yet, this life has got to be spared. He's got to live because he's got to die. He's got to come to point B. And point B for him was the dark hour. Point B from him, he knew exactly uh, when, he, when he was going to go to the cross, he told his disciples, the prince of this world cometh. He saw Satan coming right on. He knew he was, he was close behind, the prince of this world cometh, but he hath nothing in me. I'm going to cast the prince of this world out. I'm going to cast him out. You think Satan didn't know that? Yes, he did. And that's, that's why Jesus Christ told those, those, uh, those Jews who gathered together that Satan put in their heart, crucify this man, even though he's innocent. Let us have a murderer. Let us have a harass. Release him. Release, <coughs> the, release a real prisoner. <coughs> crucify the innocent man. So what did Jesus tell them? He said, now is your hour and the power of darkness. I am yielding myself to your hour. My hour is about to come. Now is your hour and the power of darkness. Christ yielded himself to the power of darkness. That is, Satan entering into the heart of who? Judas? Went, went, went and got the money, didn't he? 30 pieces of silver. Pretty cheap price. Pretty cheap price to, to, to betray the Son of God. He probably could have got more, a little bargain. And then all those Israelites who were crying out. Until the culmination of the darkness when God Himself, listen, I'm having to hurry through this, until God Himself came to the point where He fulfilled a prophecy. I will cause the sun to go down at noon. I will darken the earth in a clear day. It's not because of clouds. I'm going to call the sun, and go down noon. and darken the earth in a clear day. From the sixth hour, which is noon, to the ninth hour, which is 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Jewish time. It is said concerning Christ that he was despised and he was rejected of men. It is said concerning Christ. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Forsaken by God, despised and rejected of men. Where does it leave him? It leaves him hanging on a cross, don't it? It leaves him in his hour that he was born to do. And everything that set up to point B, everything that, that had to happen, every, every person in those lineages, every person who had no idea they were playing a role in it, had no idea that they were playing a role in it, were a part of a design and scheme, like Cole said, that God would bring to pass to get to point B. To get to point B. So that, that, so that, that King of kings can bow his head, not in defeat, but bow it in victory, having paid for your sins and mine and all, all that were given to him by the Father. Now that's that's a listen, Jesus Christ is a worthy object of our affection. If, if your life had to be sacrificed before that life could come to pass, just like your eye, would you be okay with that? Yeah, <laughs> you would. You would. If your children's life had to be sacrificed to fulfill a prophecy because of that man, would you be okay with that? Hard to say, isn't it? Hard to say, but surely would say, whatever it took to get from point A to point B, from the fall of the first Adam to the rise of the second, was worth whatever, whoever had to give up whatever for that to happen. And at the end, you know, the old devil is the loser and, uh, and the Lord's people, Because of their captain and their salvation, our winners. And one of these days, there's a culmination of (laughs) of living people and dead people in a moment and a twinkle of an eye that are going to come together. And they're all going to be alive. Because of that. Because of that. It's an important day in history, isn't it? It's an important day in history. May the Lord bless us to consider such a great God that we have. And all that he did for our behalf, from the beginning of fall to the rise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody got a song?